we got another episode of the Give Me a Buck podcast sponsored by DraftKings, partner with the Basketball Podcast Network. I am your host, Joel Graham. My guy, Zach, right here. And we got another guest. His name is Justin. Let's get into it. First question up, Justin, I'm going to start with you on this one. What adjustments need to be made for us to win the next game? Yeah, I mean, so that was the big topic on Twitter last night was, was the rotations, and, and rightfully so. Um, there was really no reason for us to expect this to happen. Um, the, the regular season, we saw the minutes ramp up for the, for the starters, especially our, our big three. Yep. Uh, the first series against the, uh, against the Heat, mm-hmm. we saw their minute load was there when the games were close. Yeah. Um, so I was shocked. I think a lot of fans were really surprised that kind of the old habits that that caused us to lose playoff series in the past came back. Um, there's really no great explanation for it. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's the obvious adjustment, right, is, is the minutes and the rotation load. And it should be an easy fix. I mean, the Nets played their main two guys heavily. Kyrie had 45 minutes, was on pace for 46 if it wasn't for garbage time. Yep. KD would have played 42. He had 41. Uh, so, so they they went heavy with their guys, and that's an easy adjustment we can make. Will we make it? I think we will to a degree. I don't know if we'll ever get at that reliant on our stars like like the Nets are. Sure. Um, but I would love to see our big three playing 42 minutes. Um, but they need to at least be at 40. Yeah. That, that's the that's the main adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, I know after the game, Bud said that we're a deep team. We're not. Like, we're <laughs> right. not a deep team this year. Um, nah. Horace did that purposely. Um, he wanted to have a, a top heavy team this year and that's how we're going to have to play in the playoffs. Um, but other than that, I really wouldn't overthink it too much. Uh, we need to hit shots. Then you got to give the Nets credit. They played really good defense. Yeah. Uh, they're not supposed to be a strong defensive team. I thought they came out with a lot of energy yeah. and they made some of our shots really difficult, mm-hmm. but, but really outside the paint, we were nine of 38. We shot 23%. Um, we were six of 30 on threes. That's 20%. And then even free throws, <laughs> excuse me, free throws. We were 11 of 19. We shot 58% from free throws. Not we good. Hit anything. Right. And, you know, we had a lot of good looks. Um, this isn't a heat defense. We should be able to, to, to increase our offensive outlook. So I won't overthink that too much. I think we just will hit shots next game. Um, but don't get bored with going to the well to those Brooke Lopez post-ups. Exactly. Uh, especially if KD's on him, we yep. just need to hammer that over and over again until you force the Nets to adjust. You know, Once they start to send a double, then we've got open shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't send a double, they're going to have to go bigger, and then we have an advantage on the defensive side. So that's a small adjustment I'd like to see is just go to that more. Um, but otherwise, on the defensive end, we were actually good enough. Yeah. Um, we held, we held up really well on defense. Um, we did a great job of not fouling. The Nets only had nine free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. I'll take that every game. If they shoot under 10 free throws, I think we win almost every game. Absolutely. Um, the two concerns that I don't think I would adjust it yet, but maybe to something to look for later in the series would be if, if Blake Griffin turns into Jay Crowder and he just, he does this every game. We would we would have to make that adjustment. I want to see him do it at least one more game before yeah. I before I make that adjustment. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is we we have to value possessions more. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but we took a lot of early shots um, that were semi contested, um, and some early shots from Giannis that he should just shouldn't take. Um, but other than that, I think we're honestly in a pretty good spot. Um, it's just mostly the rotations. Oh, okay. So you, you, so you said, you know, the rotations and that's one thing that I have a problem with too, um, is the rotation. So mm-hmm. as you said, Justin, Kyrie played 45 minutes. It would have been 46 if it wasn't for garbage time. KD was, what did he have? 40, 42 minutes, 41, I think. Yeah. 41. And then Giannis had what? 35, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Come on, man. And then he had that, like you said, Justin, he had that that statement of, well, you know, I'm trying to keep my guys fresh. You know, they play five games in three weeks. They're fresh, you know, like, come on. Like they 
he has to play them more. I'm with you on that one, Justin. Um, yeah, he he has. That's that's the biggest one that I see. Um, Zach, what do you think? What do you think the biggest adjustments uh, need to be uh, for us to win game two? Yeah, I think first, obviously, as just touched on, is the rotation. Um, if KD's on the floor for six, seven more minutes than Giannis is, you almost can't even expect your bench unit to be able to keep up with KD and Kyrie on the floor against a bench unit. So you're almost putting pressure on Giannis to basically, I would say, give your bench a five to ten point comfort zone that they're, you know KD is going to torch the bench for a little bit. So you got to close that gap of the amount of time that KD is on the floor without Giannis or Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton. And for the most part, you would like to see all three of them on the floor for that over 40 minutes. So the gap that was there, it's different if KD played 35 minutes, but that wasn't the case. So I don't think it's strictly the Bucks big three has to play 40 minutes, but I think it needs to match up with what the Nets are also doing. What Grudenholzer said in his interview post game, he even said the players want to be out there for 48 minutes a game. And I think that's a big difference oh, with, with having a player coach with the Nets, he's experienced that playoff atmosphere and knows what those guys are feeling out there and that knows they want to be out there. So he's going to let KD, let Tyree be out there for 45, 41 minutes a game. Right. So I think having that experience in game playoff atmosphere as a coach as well, but I think that does play a role in the rotation because Budenholzer even admitted that it's not the guys saying they're not healthy or out of shape or they're not ready to go he's just trusting his bench too much i think and it seems like he's almost just scared to hurt someone's feelings that they're not going to play a game here and there but i mean you got to do it at this point the rotation is obviously a big one bucks twitter was overreacting a lot there's no reason that game should have been even close with the shooting percentages it was so i think they'll be able to bounce back start hitting shots yeah i agree i think things will start to fall in place more. So I know both of you touched on it a little bit. So Justin, let me ask you, is coach Bud getting out coached right now? Yeah. So this is terrible timing for me to be on the podcast because (laughs) I've been one of the biggest Bud supporters throughout the season. Yeah. Um, But he absolutely was. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. He was out coached in this game. Um, And it, it was simple stuff, you know, Play, play your dogs more, you know, ride, ride your horses. Um, And he didn't do it. And, you know, I'll make this a little bit of a deeper bud conversation uh, just because it's really the only time I've had a a chance to talk about it. Yeah. So last year after the playoffs, most people probably won't remember this, but I was also on the fire bud bandwagon when they got eliminated. Um, And it was because of the frustration around not playing the starters more minutes. And I was also frustrated that they didn't use Giannis as a primary defender. But I don't believe the Bucs are an inept organization like some people do. I think they're very smart. We're, we're going on three years now of yep. being a, a contender. And we're set up to compete for a long time. So when they decided to bring him back, I trusted that they had conversations around what needed to be addressed and what needed to be fixed. So I was fine with, with that. And I trusted that it would work out. Mm-hmm. During the regular season and in that first series against the Heat, we saw those things. We saw a lot of, of differences. The things that bugged us in years past really seemed to be fixed. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But this this game one, there's really no excuse. And the rest of the series cannot go like this um, if Bud wants to continue to have support. Yeah, I think that uh, I think you hit it right on the head, uh, Justin. Um, and then my opinion on it, um, Coach Bud, like, he's a two-time coach of the year. You should not be getting out-coached by Steve Nash, who is a – of course he has Kyrie and Kevin Durant and James Harden, which, you know, James Harden isn't there. But it's no reason he should be getting out-coached by Steve Nash, the, uh, uh, the a first-year head coach. Um, I, I will but- say quickly, though, First-year head coaches in recent NBA history have yeah, been that's phenomenal. True. That's true. That's true. Uh, I know dating back to Teron Lue, his first year, I believe, Nick Nurse. 
uh, Steve Kerr. So you might be on to something. <laughs> you might be on to something. Um, so, Zach, let me ask you this. Should Giannis stop shooting threes? What do you think? I don't think he can fully stop because that's just going to clog up the lane even more, and he's really not going to have anything going for him inside because then you really don't even have to step out because even though he doesn't shoot him at a high rate, he still does get guys to jump every once in a while and allows him to blow by. Um, but I think there's a lot more that needs to change outside of him just shooting threes with how much he's the prime ball handler, how much I think more he needs to be the one setting the screen and rolling. He seems to get a lot more open looks coming off of those. And then I think two, just more post-up games, they're not going to be able to stop him if he's in the paint. Right. But he seems to just be content with taking threes, basically. Um, but I don't think he can fully stop. But I think I would. it seems like every possession, he's just winding the ball at the top of the key and then to go to work from there. Um, so would you put just, like a cap on it then? Like how many threes per half or per game? Um, it's, It depends a lot on the flow of the game, I guess. Um, I don't think you want him shooting threes early in the shot clock at all because you can get that shot whenever you want because they're giving it to you. So what's the benefit of taking that pull up in transition five, 10 seconds into the shot clock when realistically, if you got nothing going in your offense, you can just kick it back out to Giannis and he can act like he's going to drive and he's going to get a wide open three regardless to answer that question that maybe no, he shouldn't be taking threes early in shot clock. Um, but to still get some respect out there, I think he has to take a few here and there throughout the game. Um, okay. And I mean, yesterday he was, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was the best three-point shooter on the Bucks yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know the, the statistics, but I mean, how we shot yesterday uh, – <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Um, but, yeah, Justin, what do you think? Should Giannis stop shooting threes? Well, I mean, Zach's right. He was the best shooter yesterday. He was 2 <laughs> of 5. The rest of the team outside Giannis were 4 for 28. Wow. Um, which is just awful. Yeah. Um, so Giannis on the threes, they're always going to be there. The, the defense is never going to adjust whether he makes zero or whether he makes eight of them. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a, it's one of those things that he's had all season to show that he can be efficient with that shot. Yeah. And, and he's not. So when we're in a playoff series, I think you kind of really have to value your possessions uh, to a much greater extent. There's no reason he should be taking them early in the shot clock. Like Zach said, um, if he wants to take two or three to see if he's got a little bit of rhythm, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. If he makes one of those, you know, maybe he gets another one. Um, but, but taking five or six is just too many wasted possessions in my mind um, because it's not going to change the way they guard him anyways. And you just can't settle against this defense in particular because we have such an advantage in the paint exactly. against this next D. So just go to the well, go, go to what works. Yeah. Um, I, how I see Giannis shooting threes, I think, I think I would cap it. I, I think he should only, if man, it's tough because if he hits the first one, it's like okay, you earned your next one. But if you miss two in a row, I don't want to see it the rest of the game. Like so, I think two per game is is good enough for me. Um, we can get a better shot than a Giannis three pointer. And like you guys are saying, we can get that shot anytime we want. Um, but yeah, I, I think two per game. If you make the first two, you it earns you another one, you know. But as of right now, he needs to let that go. You know, that's something when in the playoffs, you need to go with what with what works, you know. And if your jumper's not working, yeah, man, you gotta hang it up on the shelf. But if you're like Justin, you were saying, and Zach, you were saying, put him in the post more. Like I, I like Giannis more in the post rather than out shooting threes. So Justin, let me ask you this: Brooke Lopez, do you think he should get more minutes in Game Two? 
Yeah, so I actually did a Twitter poll on this last night after the game. Mm-hmm. And I asked that question, you know, would you play Brooke Lopez more or less minutes? I think he had like 28 minutes or something like that. I don't even yeah. remember. Um, so he, he would have been on pace for 31 if it wasn't for pulling him, you know, the last three minutes of the game. Uh, 90% of people wow. said they want to play him more minutes. Wow. It surprised me um, because that's been one of those things that has divided Bucks fans over the last couple of seasons is Brooke Lopez minutes. Yeah. Um, but the fact is there were two guys that played well yesterday, Giannis and Brooke. Yeah. And, and that was it. And Brooke was, I think 80% on his two point shots, mm-hmm. which is about as efficient as you can possibly get. <laughs> right. And if they're going to, if they're going to guard him with KD, I would just go to that every single time. Yeah. Um, Cause they're either going to have to send help at some point or Brooks just going to continue to shoot, you know, at least 60, 70% yeah. uh, going up against KD there. Um, but my main thing with Brooke is going to be more so on, on the defensive end. So he guarded Blake most of the game and we, we saw what happened. <laughs> Blake had a really, he had a monster game. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm okay with seeing if he can do it again. Yeah. But what I would do, is the Nets have two guys on their entire roster that can't can't shoot efficiently. Claxton is one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, counting the guys that played minutes anyways. Claxton is one of them, and, and Brown is the other. Even though Brown's a guard, he's only a 30% three-point shooter. So I would put Brooke Lopez oh, on Brown. I see what you're doing, yeah. Or Claxton. If one of those guys are in the game, that's where I'm using Brooke Lopez on defense. And then I would have either PJ or Giannis taking on um, Blake Griffin because then you're not leaving him open for threes. Yeah. They, they did at one point late in the game, the Bucks made that switch for a few possessions and they had Brooke Lopez guarding uh, Bruce Brown. Yeah. Um, and Brown got him once on a, on a backdoor cut for, for a dunk. But that's something I would expect to see going forward is, is try to utilize Brooke Lopez on their non-shooters a little bit more because then he can he can drop back, he can defend the paint, and he doesn't have to worry about giving up an open three. Sure. Okay, so you're saying put uh, – if they're in the game. Now, those are two bench players. Um, maybe. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. Brown, Brown might start. Um, you know, Brown is the guy that came in as soon as Harden went out, 43 seconds in, but he didn't get the most minutes off the bench. Mike James did, so I, okay. I'm not sure what they're going to do there. Okay, so what you're saying is if Bruce Bowen, if Bruce Bowen starts or Bruce or Claxton start, you think that we should put Brooke on him. I like that, actually, because you said Bruce Brown is 30% from three. He doesn't scare me. Yeah. Three. Claxton can't shoot the three, so I like that better. Um, but I really don't think Blake should have a game like that again. Um he better not. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs> he better not. I think I think Brooks should get more minutes, too. And I think that's that's a more common theme, you know, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Brooke Lopez needs to play more minutes. He's been playing well in the playoffs thus far. So play him more minutes. Um, and I would say his usage. You said his usage rate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we need to use him in the post a lot more. Yeah, I think him and Giannis we need to use in the post more because if they don't double Giannis, you know, it's an easy bucket, easy foul, you know. Um, the same thing with Brooke. If they don't double, it's an easy bucket or an easy foul. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we should play Brooke um, more minutes. And I think that's the theme. Play our starters more minutes. Zach, what do you think? Should should Brooke uh, play more minutes? Uh, I think so, especially since of the advantage he has on the offensive end. Just in yesterday's game, points in the paint, the Bucks had 72 and the Nets only had 48. So if you just shoot remotely decent percentage from three, you're going to be tough to beat without scoring teams by 20, 30 points a night in the paint. And the Bucks are, are a decent three-point shooting team. And you are going to expect those to turn around. So with pushing Lopez and like you just said, Giannis as well into the paint more and dominating where you have the advantage. And then 
your shooters will start to knock down shots too, because now you're most likely the Nets are going to have to start doubling Brooke or doubling Giannis in the post. And it's just going to give you more rhythm for your three point shooters as well. Cause Chris Middleton could not make a shot to save his life yesterday. Yeah. And Forbes wasn't shooting well. No one was shooting well yesterday. So I think that'll also open up your shooters to then raise their three point percentage. And it'll just kind of give the Bucks offensive flow a much better look. Um, but to play Brooke more, I think he's going to continue to stay dominant on, on the offensive end. But like you guys were just saying, you got to keep an eye on that defensive end. In the Heat series, Duncan Robinson used to get open on a lot of screens. So then if you have him guarding Blake Griffin, who's hot, and then you got Joe Harris running off the screen, it might just give the Nets too much flow into their offense, where then you're kind of just putting yourself in a bad situation where is it worth Brook Lopez to be dominant in the post? when realistically you could probably have Giannis be dominant in the post, but not lack that defensive ability. It's kind of, I think you do try Brooke Lopez for more minutes, but you have to keep a close eye on the defensive end because if the Nets get hot, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Okay. So you're saying like if yes, play Lopez more minutes, but, if he's having trouble on the defensive end, then, you know, limit those minutes. I think it's a lot of matchups, but how a lot of these small ball teams have forced these teams who have bigs to adjust, you got to almost be the other way around and force the Nets to be the team that has to adjust and throw in Claxton or someone else, and then it allows Brooke to stay on the floor more. But I think if you can force the Nets to be the ones to adjust, you've already pretty much beat them at their own game. So I think you want to play him more. Yeah. So we all said that he should play more. I know, Zach, you said maybe, you know, if if, if he's getting killed on a defensive end, probably shouldn't play that many minutes. So what we all said that all of our starters should increase minutes. Justin, what do you think our rotation should be then with everybody getting increased minutes? I know you love Jeff Teague in there, right? <laughs> yeah i that's the first thing you need to go back to a three-man bench yeah. um the only bench guy if 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 uh, tucker's gonna start Bryn portis and pat is your bench jeff, yeah. jeff teague should not be in the game you know if you need to throw him in there one minute to end a quarter and a half sure fine but he can't guard he can't stay in front of mike james he can't stay in front of Kyrie. um jeff teague minutes need to go away the the other thing is a lot of it's going to depend on who the Nets decide to start, whether it's Brown or it's Mike James, because if, if they start Mike James, it creates a challenge for us with our starting five as is. I don't know if we could start Tucker um, because they have two guards and we're going to have mm. a problem staying in front of one of them. Sure. So, so that'll be interesting. What I would do if they started Brown, which is keep things as is, um, and, and have Brooke guard Brown. So, so Brown and Claxton played a combined 35 minutes game one. I okay. doubt they were on this floor together too often because it's two non-shooters. Yeah. So that's 35 minutes that Brooke can be on the floor guarding one of those two guys. And if you want to have Brooke guard Blake, you know, for a few minutes here and there, that's, that's completely fine. Cause I'm still fine with Blake getting some open looks throughout the game. Yeah. But if he's not always having an open look, if it's not always Brooke on him, I don't think he's going to find a rhythm. Yeah. The, that makes sense. The other thing I would do, so if they start Mike James, I would still start Brooke, but he would be my first sub out because I'm going to want him to come right back in when Claxton or Brown come in. So would but you I, start? Would you still start PJ then if Mike James start? Who would you start? Probably for probably for game two. Okay. If, if if they're if they're getting easy uh, penetration on that you probably have to make the switch and you start either Connington or Forbes. Round two is no joke. This is where we separate the pretenders from contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They are offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes each day. The best part is that it's free to play. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. 
Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code, again, TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. The other thing I would do rotation-wise, there are way too many minutes that, that neither of Giannis or Brooke were on the floor. We need to have one of those two guys. Um, one, to protect the rim, and two, to have a, a post presence against this defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think um, I think you hit it right on the head again, Justin, uh, with the rotations. We need to go to three-man rotation. I mean, like a three-man bench. Um, like it's it's just one of those situations where you you just cannot play more than you know and even with the three-man rotation like I just like Bryn and um Bobby Portis off the bench like Pat C yeah he can you know come in and give somebody a breather you know um so Justin did you have anything else with the rotations at all no okay no that pretty much covers it yeah so Zach what do you think what what's what's your rotation looking like yeah I completely agree and the thing that just blows my mind is because we've talked about it for a while I think going into the playoffs we wanted like an eight-man rotation Mm -hmm. and even now with Dante's injury they're still going nine deep which realistically means (laughs) you're trusting your ninth and tenth man in your rotation to now play 15-20 minutes a game in the second round of a playoff matchup that should be as soon as a starter goes down you should okay, now you got to for sure trust an eight-man rotation, but Budenholzer still wants to stick with that nine-man rotation. So it just blows my mind that even with Dante out, that they still want to go nine deep regardless of who the players are. So I think it for sure has to switch and go eight deep. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard of a change with everything we were just saying of give Brooke a couple more minutes, Giannis gets to 40, Drew gets to 40, Chris gets to 40. Right there, you've just eliminated Jeff Teague's 14 minutes. So I think if you just adjust a few minutes here and there and whatever guy they pick not to play, but I would assume it would be Teague based off those four bench players, you can easily make it an eight-man rotation. And like you guys were saying earlier when we just started, they are not playing a lot of basketball right now. They just had like basically a week off, swept the heat, regular season they're realistically playing more minutes in a week than they are right now so play on 40 minutes you got to put your trust in your big three to win this series not in pat connington bobby portis jeff teague to be on the floor and go beat this Nets team so i think it for sure has to go eight deep and especially now with no dante you're basically trusting your ninth and tenth man to make an impact in the second round playoff series against this Nets team yeah, so it's a great point, Zach, about the the workload right now with the schedule. And looking ahead, we have, after the next two playoff games, there's two full days of rest after game two and after game three. So there's really no excuse not to go super heavy with the starters. It's true. That's true. And um, another good point that you had, Zach, is one of our, our starting point guard went out, Dante, right? How is there still a nine-man rotation when one of your starters go out? And it's just like, what would have happened if Dante was in there? Are we doing 10-man rotations if he was in, you know? And it's just like, what are – yeah, Bud, like you were saying earlier, Justin, Bud, he's he's going back to his old ways, you know. Giannis played 35 minutes. Their superstars played 44 or 45 and 41 Come on, man. What are we doing? Come, come on, bud. Um, so the million-dollar question, uh, Justin, I'm going to start with you on this one. How do we stop KD and Kyrie? I'm assuming that James Harden is out because the hamstring is a really tricky, like, it's a tricky thing. You know, you can't play around with that. So I'm pretty sure they're going to err on the side of caution. And how do we stop KD and Kyrie this series? So it, it felt like they were destroying us, like just the feeling of the game. It felt like they were never missing. But when I go back and I look at the stats, 
it doesn't look like that. Like KD was 12 of 25. That's 48%. That's yep. a good game. That's mm-hmm. below his average. He's an above 50% shooter. He, I don't know if he made a three or not. He only had four free throw attempts, but he was, he's a 53% shooter in the regular season. Kyrie was amazing in the first half. Yeah. He was two of 10 in the second half. Do you he think that was because of fatigue? Because he played every minute of that first yeah, half. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Um, he ended up 11 for 26, okay. uh, 25 points. He had zero free throw attempts. He was a 51% shooter in the regular season. He was at 42%. Yeah. So, so realistically, I think we did enough in game one to not – we didn't stop them by any means, but right. they didn't have above average games. Um Realistically, I would simplify it. I would tell Drew, you're guarding Kyrie. If Kyrie's playing 45 minutes, you're playing 45 yeah. minutes. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. And for, and for KD, Chris can't guard KD. That, we have two guys that are really good at defending KD. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that every single possession, either Tucker or Giannis, is on KD. So I, I would have those two guys guard KD. I would have Drew be the only defender of Kyrie. And Drew went into game one, a full week of prep to defend James Harden. James Harden goes uh, out right away. Yep. You know, game two could go differently. We've seen yeah. Drew lock up Kyrie one game this year, but Kyrie did go off on him in the second time they played. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but, and if Drew can't play 45 minutes, if you need to put Giannis on, on Kyrie for three, four minutes, that's fine. But, Pat Connington can't guard him. Chris Middleton can't guard him. Nope. Jeff Teague certainly can't guard him. <laughs> right. We need to stick with our, our best defenders. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So um, that's a good point that you had with uh, Drew went into a full week's prep of saying, hey, I'm going to guard James Harden, um, and this is what I have to do. So he's looking at, you know, James Harden. He probably know that he was going to guard, you know, KD at some point and Kyrie, but his main assignment was James Harden. And that's a really good point that you had of game two might go differently because now Drew knows that, hey, I have to guard Kyrie. I hope Kyrie doesn't go off like he did in the first half. But I think fatigue played a part. You know, but um, I'm with you on Justin. I'm with you, Justin, on this one. If Kyrie plays 45 minutes, Drew, you you need 45 minutes, man. We can't have him. We can't have Drew not on Kyrie. Um, but again, I liked when Giannis was on Kyrie as well, um, because I think he got a block on Kyrie. Kyrie, you know, went past him. Brooke was there, and then Giannis got the block. So I do like Giannis on him, too. As far as stopping KD and Kyrie, you can't stop them. You can only contain them. Um, but we have the personnel to do it. So, Zach, what do you think? Do How do you stop KD and Kyrie? Yeah, you both kind of just touched on it, Joe, right there with you can't stop them. They're going to get theirs. But, Justin, you made a good point. They really didn't go off yesterday by any means. Combined, they had 54. You look at last series, there was a couple games where that big three was just under 100 and then over 100 combined. So you're expecting if Harden's playing, he's, if he doesn't drop 40, you're holding them to less than what they were doing in their previous series. But end of the day, it doesn't matter what Kyrie and Kevin Durant do. And I'm just going to say this now. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But it doesn't matter what they do. If Joe Harris and Blake Griffin outscore Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, oh yeah, that's that's not good at all, man. Um, I, I think Drew needs to play better. Chris needs to play better. Um, I think it, we're all in agreement with that. Um, so Justin, let me ask you this: Is this the best chance that we have to win a championship? This is actually a question that um, Robert actually asked on the last pod. Um, This was his question. I really like this question. Is this the best chance we have to win a championship? It's hard to say. Um, The way that the injuries seem to be lined up, I would lean towards yes. Mm -hmm. um, Because, you know, Harden being out for probably the rest of the series and B being knocked, 
you know, he, he has a knock with his knee. I did just see he's expected to start and play in game one against the Hawks, which yeah. surprises me. Um, so we'll see how that how that plays out. But 2019 was was a great chance too. Yeah, you know, we were up 2-0. Um, we were on cloud nine. I thought for sure we were going to at least go to the finals. You know that we had that super team of, of the Warriors that year. KD unfortunately got hurt in that series, and that kind of changed that. That's true. Um, but it's just so hard to know with how quickly super teams can be built in today's NBA. And we have two guys out there that could potentially form more super teams with Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. depending on what happens with them, the competition could just get harder and harder every year. So, so we certainly have an opportunity that we need to capitalize on. This is a great chance to try to win a championship this year. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the same thing. And I know Zach, um, we talked about it last episode, um, but with the Harden injury and Embiid, I know he's not 100%. Um, how it's aligning right now. Lakers getting knocked out. This is a g- great chance we got. I mean, we do have a big, you know, we got a tall order with uh, Brooklyn right now. Um, but I still like our chances. Zach, who wins this series? When we talked about it last week, I believe we all were in agreement that it was Bucks in six or seven. And... I'm still going with it. I think it goes to seven now. Um, just because last week I did think that the Bucks would come out and play much better in game one and take game one. Um, just I thought it would be the other way around and the Nets wouldn't be ready to go because um, the Bucks are a much better team than the Celtics were. So I thought the Bucks would have came out and kind of put a statement win down, but that obviously was not the case. So I'm going to still stick with Bucks in seven because I think a lot depends on with this Harden situation, but if Justin, you're right, and he is out for the whole series, you make some good points with the scouting that Drew Holiday does and obviously the rest of the coaching staff and team, but now you can really hone in on just a big two rather than a big three, which right. is a lot easier trying to match up with that than trying to find, because the biggest question we always had was when we were trying to match up that big three, the third one was always pretty questionable of who's that going to be? Are we trusting a Chris Middleton or a Don, Dante's injured now, but Pat Connington or whoever to guard Kyrie or Harden, but you don't got to worry about that anymore. So I think if Harden is out, you have a major advantage now with matchups. Um, so I'm still, I'm going to go uh, Bucks in seven. Okay. Okay. And I said, um, I actually said Bucks in five because I think we should retire the Bucks in six slogan. I really, <laughs> I really do think it's, going to be bucks and six but justin what do you think who wins this series so we have a history with these game ones that we just come out flat especially when we have significant rest beforehand it happened a few years ago against the celtics in round two where we got stomped in game one at home that's true we we, we went on to win the next four it happened i believe against the orlando magic in the bubble mm-hmm. um we had no problems with that series later on and the heat this year Game one was a huge struggle. You know, we were five for 30 or whatever it was on threes. We couldn't shoot. The Heat weren't a good enough team to, to pull out the win. But but we've had a history of really struggling with these game ones. And I kind of thought that it may happen with having that week off. I am curious to look at the odds on the series. With the Nets taking game one but losing James Harden, are the Nets more favored now than they were prior or are the Bucks now the favorite? Yeah, you know, that would be interesting to look up. I haven't looked at looked at that yet, but we're almost in a better spot now that we don't have those three to go against. And there were some things, you know. Obviously, our shooting we would hope isn't going to be a problem again. But I also don't know if the Nets are going to ever shoot less than ten free throws again. I d- the things that we rely on, though, I think are more dependable. The paint scoring, the rebounding advantage. The fact that we have a good defense, those are things we can hang our hat on every game of this series, and I think it will provide some consistency. But can the Nets count on their others the way that they performed in game one? Outside of their big three or their big two now, the the others scored 61 points, they shot 49% from the field, and they shot 44% from three. I don't think they're going to get that consistently. 
Right. I would be shocked if they did. June's um, a Bucks fan on Twitter had a, had a great tweet about uh, offensive and defensive rating for, for this game. Our defensive rating was actually two points better than it was in the regular season for game one. Our offensive rating was 15 points worse. Wow. So most of our problems right now are on the offensive end and the fact that we just can't, can't hit anything. Can't hit anything. Um, so I feel basically every game from here on out, I think the Bucks are the favorites in each one of these games um, because of the injury to Harden. And because of the fact that we have things we can we can rely on that I think would be more consistent. So I before the series started, I thought Bucks and five or Bucks and six was the most likely outcome. Yeah. You know, obviously Bucks and five would be pretty difficult now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I I I would still take the Bucks and six right now because yeah. there's going to be one game that Katie or Kyrie or both of them are just lights out no matter how we defend them. Yeah. Um... I agree with you. And that's a good point you made with the supporting cast of the big, well, the big two now. Um, I don't think they continue to do. I don't think Blake Griffin um, was he had career high in rebounds and some and what he had 15 points. I don't think Blake Griffin does that again. I don't think Joe Harris um, uh, plays well. Uh, well, he, he can play well. He He's kind of what he is. Um but I just don't think the supporting cast will hold up um, for the whole series, for a whole seven-game series. I do want to say something I haven't touched on at all, or I'll probably get roasted for it. <laughs> Middleton needs to be better. You know, Chris and Drew were atrocious in game one. I agree. I wouldn't expect that to continue. So hopefully that's something that, that we can rely on. And I think if we do pound them in the post a lot more, as the help defense comes, we can get better looks for those guys. So, so hopefully they can pick it up. But yeah, Chris, Chris was really bad in game one. There's, there's no way around it. Yeah, and that's a uh, perfect timing for because the question I was gonna ask you is, if we lose this series, are you getting rid of Chris Middleton? So I've been saying all year long, um, and I've always been a huge Chris Middleton supporter, a huge yeah. Budenholzer supporter. Um, but I, I've been on this take since the start of the season. If we flame out in the playoffs again, there's only two guys right now that I believe would be safe. It's Giannis and it's Drew because Drew's Drew's so new. Uh, Chris is definitely on the hot seat yep. if he continues to struggle. And Bud's on the hot seat mm-hmm. if he continues to have these issues with the rotation. So I would absolutely explore it. It's going to be tough, though, because typically when you move a player that's already solidified and is, you know, in the prime or maybe even past the prime of their career. Sure. You're typically looking to get back young assets. You know, you're looking to a contender is going to want them and they're not going to want to give up anything that's win now pieces. Sure. So it's got to either be like a three team trade. It's just tough to do. Yeah. But I would absolutely explore it if that ends up being the way that this, this goes. Okay. Okay. So, um, what do you think about Drew? I know you said Drew played bad. Um, I think Drew played bad too. I don't think he played up to his potential. I do need him to be a little bit more aggressive though, um, on the offensive end. Um, so that kind of concludes the Buck side of things. So this is just opening up to the whole NBA now. Um, Zach, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who's the most fun player to watch in the NBA? I kind of figure where you're going to go, but <laughs> what do you got, Zach? I mean, I'm still going to go with this answer, even though he's not in the playoffs right now, but I'm going with Steph Curry. I mean, I knew it was coming. You can't, you can't not enjoy watching him play. The only time you don't want to watch him play is if he's playing against your team. But even then, you're still like in awe watching him play when he's torching your team. So, it, I mean, I don't even think I need to explain it. Everyone's seen him play, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going with Steph Curry. you go with Steph Curry. Um, Justin, who you got? Most fun player to watch in the league. So I like both sides of the ball, um, and there's, there's not too many guys that can just put up, like, jaw-dropping plays, both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, it's Giannis. Like, I love watching Giannis play. There's mm-hmm. multiple times throughout the season that you're just like, how did he do that? 
Um, and the athletic freak nature of the way he does things is just, it's something you've never seen before. Right. Somebody that size, but obviously Steph is incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. The other guy that I would possibly have in the conversation would be Luca. Now I know I have to acknowledge that a lot of people hate the Luca whining. (laughs) I can agree with that. But for me, the guy is so like, he's a slow player that can get anywhere he wants. Like the skill level, the footwork, like when I go play hoops, I'm a slow guy. I can't do any of that stuff. So I just, I find it absolutely incredible the way that he can just get wherever he wants. And I love watching it. Right. So you got Luca, but you, yeah, I mean, those two guys are um, pretty good. Uh, I do like Dame. Um, but I'm not going to put him as the most fun player to watch. Um, he would be my number three. Um, and then I got, uh, so it's Dame and Steph at that number three spot. Giannis, I know I'll probably get killed for this, but my most, uh, fun player to watch in the league is Kyrie Irving. The things that that guy can do with the ball, man, is ridiculous. He's the best ball handler I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that's pros, amateur. I don't care where yet. He is the best ball handler I've ever seen. One of the best finishers I have ever seen in my life. And the level of uh, difficulty on the shots and, may- and layups that he takes is just unreal to me. Um, so my f- most fun player to watch is uh Kyrie. Um so I, I am having fun watching this. I, I don't like that he's doing it to my bucks, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun to watch him play. Um so Justin, who wins the Hawks Philly series for you? So now, we, we said, had yeah Embiid is yeah, playing, you we know? had that news break while we were talking that, that Embiid's gonna start today. Yeah. Um either way, you know obviously Embiid's not hundred percent he's probably not gonna get huge minutes there's a high chance that he will re-aggravate the injury at some point in the series. Yeah. Even if Embiid struggles to stay healthy, I still like Philly. Um, And the reason why, you know, I, I knock Philly all the time. You know, Ben Simmons is one of my, one of my favorite players to to kind of poke at. Good. Um, (laughs) Their wing defenders are phenomenal and the Hawks, the way they match up, you could have Ben Simmons on Trey young, and you could have uh, Thibel on Bogdan, and that's the Hawks' whole offense. Like, yeah. if, if you can take your two best defenders and kind of take those guys away a little bit or at least make them inefficient, mm-hmm. it's a huge advantage. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, Ben Simmons can't shoot, but I can't see how the Hawks keep him out of the paint. Like, they're so undersized in the guard position. I don't know who Trey Young's – I mean, Trey Young's probably going to be on Curry, um, but, but even still, Trey and Bogdan can't guard anybody um in this in philly has enough shooting with their roster now with curry with tobias with green um that, that i think they can get by and, and be fine with spacing on the offensive side. So i like philly in this series they've been great all season yeah. and, and i think that the other thing I, I think about is and maybe a question for you guys if this were, were to be who is the worst team in the playoffs this year you know if you took the knicks and you had them play against the Wizards in a series, who do you think wins that series? Uh, yeah. Me personally, even though the seeding doesn't say this, I think the Knicks were the worst team in the playoffs, and, and everybody's a little bit too high on the Hawks right now because they, they handle them so easily. Yeah, I think um, I would agree with that. I think the Knicks were the, the, the worst team, and I think it's more – they have more offensive problems. Zach, who do you – who do you got, the Hawks or Philly? Yeah, I, I definitely have Philly in this series. Um, I would almost say it would be a clean sweep in four. Um, but now with a little bit of injury news, I I don't think that's going to change the series. I think maybe it'll just take it to five or so. But that Knicks-Hawks uh, series kind of does get you thinking a little bit because is it just strictly that the Knicks weren't good? Or was it partially due to some credit of the Hawks that they were able to shut down Julius Randle or whatever else happened in that series that 
Yeah. Can they do something similar to a Phillies team or is Philly just far superior than how the Knicks were? And that's not going to be the case. I don't think that'll be the case. And I do see Philly coming out. Um, but I think even though the Knicks, I would agree probably were the worst team in this playoffs, you have to give some credit to this young Atlanta team, how well they came out in Trey Young's first playoff series. I mean, he embraced that atmosphere in New York. He was getting harassed all game long and it did not seem to affect him. So he's not shying away from the moment at all. Um, I don't think he's enough to beat the Phillies team, but I think it could could be an interesting series. I think there'll be close games, but I think I, I've been a believer in Philly all year. I know, Duel, you had, that's not the case for you, um, but I be, I've been a believer in the roster they put together around and beat in Simmons. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with Philly in four. Okay. Gee. So you got a clean sweep. You're not giving Trey Young and Bog, uh, Bogey any game, huh? I don't think Atlanta's going to be able to get in a rhythm like they did against New York. Yeah. Well, I think Trey Young uses a lot of screens, though, too, with Clint. So then Embiid is going to be there. I think he can either take Embiid off. I think Trey Young has a good series, but I give him at least one. <laughs> I give him at least one game. Um, so, Justin, I got another question for you. If you were given an NBA contract, right, 72 games, we're going to go with this year, 72 games, and you were given um, 10 minutes a game. Would you be able to score one NBA bucket? Just Ten minutes one. a game for 72 games? Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Simply because the other teams are going to be smart enough to not have to guard me. So one of my wide open shots is for sure going in the hoop. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, and then I got one last question for you. So um, would you rather have a, a, like a loud 15 points, like you're missing the whole game, but in the fourth quarter you score 15 points and win? Or would you rather have like a smooth 40-point game and take the L? Which one are you going with? I mean, if it's a regular season game, I'm taking the 40 points. The <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it's a playoff game, I'm taking the W and, and okay. allowed 15. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think um, Jay, you might know him. Um, yeah. He, he had said, regardless, he's taking the smooth 40. He said he needs the 40. So. That's, that sounds like Jay. <laughs> yeah, the 40 with the L, man. That's that's hilarious. Um. But, yeah, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, we greatly appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me.